Hey everybody, and welcome to the Wealth Effect Podcast, where we discuss methods, strategies, and tactics to protect and compound your wealth. I'm your host, Matt Fabian, and I'm here to help you create your own wealth effect. Hey everyone, Matt Fabian here with the Wealth Effect. Wanted to come in and give you a mid-year market update with some charts and insights uh, for the second half of 2022. As we enter that second half, investors continue to grapple with inflation, higher interest rates, the Fed, and the prospect of a recession. If historical bear markets are any indication, investors' decisions during this period will have long-lasting effects on their portfolios. Resisting the temptation to overreact to daily market swings, dwelling on the past, and losing sight of bigger factors has never been more critical. While it's difficult to imagine a market recovery today, more than a century of market history suggests that they can occur when investors least expect it. Investors should consider what will matter to markets over the next several months as they position for the years and decades ahead. As a recap, the stock market officially fell into bear market territory in June with the S&P 500 losing as much as 23% on the year before recovering somewhat. Last month alone, the S&P 500, Dow, and NASDAQ fell 8.4%, 6.7%, and 8.7% respectively. The second quarter experienced the fourth worst market performance since 1990. Adding to a challenging year, first quarter, Interest rates climbed due to inflation and Fed rate hikes, with the 10-year Treasury yield rising as high as 3.47%. The VIX, also the Stock Market Fear Index, or the Stock Market Volatility Index, hit 34 during the month before settling at 28.7. Bitcoin ended the month down 41% to 18700 31, continuing what many have dubbed the crypto winter. There are no two ways about it. Bear markets are always difficult. As anyone who has invested uh, over the long term, specifically through the year 2000, 2008, or even 2020 can attest. However, experienced investors know that bear markets occur periodically and frankly are essential to each market cycle. For those in a position to do so, these periods present opportunities to invest when valuations are more attractive and position for future recoveries and growth. While the future is always uncertain, there is no doubt that all investors wish they had taken advantage of attractive prices during past bear markets. After all, the reason that investors are rewarded in the long run for owning stocks is the ability to stomach short-term volatility and uncertainty. We've posted a bunch of charts in the show notes, and uh, we will discuss them. Uh, A lot of them have to do about the first half of the year and how those will carry through the remainder of the year. These include the relationships between stocks and bonds, inflation, the Fed, asset allocations, etc. Those investors who can heed some of these lessons and stay disciplined will likely be well-positioned to achieve their longer-term financial goals. The first chart we have are stocks and bonds, which have both struggled this year. We have their annualized rate of return posted all the way back to 1990, 
as well as their average rate of return over this time frame. The S&P 500 has averaged 11% per year over this time frame, and uh, the bond market, the U.S. aggregate bond market, has averaged 5% per year over this time frame. However, in the first half of 2022, the S&P 500 is down around 20%, and the U.S. aggregate bond index is down around 10% basically showing that there has been nowhere to hide with respect to both the stock and the bond market, which has made this year particularly challenging. And this is really mainly due to the sudden rise in, in interest rates due to inflation, as well as the Federal Reserve raising interest rates and rolling off their balance sheet through quantitative tightening, which has hurt all cl asset classes simultaneously. This also bucks the typical pattern of bonds supporting portfolios in difficult stock markets. At the same time, investors who have stayed invested while still doing well over the last have still done well over the last few years. Since 2019, the S&P 500 has gained 51% despite this year's poor performance. Investors who have stayed focused over the last decade have also done exceptionally well, despite numerous periods of volatility. This is why the most important investing principle is to have time in the market as opposed to try to time the market. The next graph is another chart showing the relationship between stocks and bonds, and typically stocks, um, bonds, excuse me, support portfolios when stocks are doing poorly. However, because interest rates have been rising, they have not this year. So in the chart, we have uh, the stock market and the bond market, as well as the change in 10-year tre treasury rate, which is often used as you know the benchmark interest rate for uh, the, the, the bond market. Uh, going back several quarters, and usually when you see the S&P 500 in negative territory, uh, you typically see the bond market in positive territory. However, for the past two quarters, that has not been the case. They have both been in negative territory, and that is due to the fact that the change in the 10-year Treasury rate has been positive. The change in the 10-year Treasury rate is uh, has been up near 1% in a, in a in a total uh, percent, not relative percent, but increase of about you know half a percent to one percent over these quarters in the 10-year treasury rate. Now, of course, there are always reasons to believe that this time is different. In this case, the situation is unique because of the inflation story and how it has evolved over the past year. And rising interest rates are the primary reason all asset classes have performed poorly. So while inopportune, there are many historical cases where similar patterns have occurred. In 1994, the Fed rate, uh, rose interest rates, uh, inflation worries in 1999, and in 2013, there was a taper tantrum where all of these periods, interest rates spiked and bond returns were hurt. In each of these historical cases, interest rates eventually eased and bonds recovered. While the current situation is unique, there are still reasons to believe that bonds are an integral part of a balanced portfolio. Even now, recession concerns are already pushing interest rates down, restoring some of the 
this historical relationship. The next chart we have is on the components of consumer price, uh, the consumer price index, the CPI, where we are showing inflation has increased across many categories. So year over year, the CPI has increased 9.1%. And on the far left-hand side, we have energy, which is the most uh, the highest growth component of CPI, where year-over-year -year energy costs have gone up 41.6%. Uh, and on the far right-hand side, we've got medical care, which has only gone up 3.2%. You know, uh, some other factors or components of uh, the high inflation we're experiencing are new vehicles coming in at 11.4%. And food at 10.4%. So it's very easy to see how inflation is not just surging, but in many of the important areas that most consumers are concerned about. You can see it in the grocery bills, you can see it at the pump, um, and, and you, you can kind of see it all around you, which makes it ever more a political issue to try to fight. And inflation has always been a tri tricky subject since many factors can drive it. Uh, rising energy prices due to strong demand and the war in Ukraine have only worsened these matters. Um, and as mentioned, the, you know, especially for consumers at the gas pump. The fact that all prices have increased adds only insult to injury and hurts consumers' pocketbooks, reduces discretionary spending on, on other items. Further, recent data show that retail sales and spending have in fact declined on a nominal basis, which is a non-inflation adjusted basis. However, when adjusting for inflation, what is also known as real, a, a real adjusted consumer spending number, these metrics have in fact been negative for most of the year. In particular, gasoline prices near $5 a gallon has driven consumer confidence lower and raised expectations of higher inflation ahead. The primary determinant of gasoline prices is oil, which is why greater supply as geopolitics improve and lower demand as the economy slows could help bring prices down in the second half of the year. If this happens, inflation may continue to calm and markets may find reason to be optimistic in the months ahead. The fourth chart we've posted here has to do with the stock market and one of its most important valuation metrics, the price-to-earnings ratio. At present, valuations present a long-term opportunity for patient investors. The forward-looking price-to-earnings ratio for the S&P 500 is currently at 16.1%, uh, or excuse me, 16.1 times forward earnings. This is down from roughly 22, 23 times forward earnings just six months ago or so to start the year. That is almost as high as the tech bubble peak of 24.5 times earnings. And additionally, the historical average of this price to earnings ratio is 15 times forward earnings. So at 16.1 times forward earnings, we're really close to the historical average. So stock market valuations are at their most attractive level in years. Rather than being close to all-time highs last seen during the dot-com bubble, the forward price-to-earnings ratio is now back to its historical average. As the above chart demonstrates, the price-to-earnings ratio tends to revert to the mean. 
over the course of market and economic cycles, though it hardly ever visits and stays at the average for very long. Meaning, the ratio tends to overshoot on both the upside and downside, resulting in increased volatility. Whether this ratio has further to shoot down downward is uncertain, and only time will tell. However, lower stock market price-to-earnings ratios are highly correlated with long-term average annual rates of return. And by long-term, we mean along the lines of 10 years plus. So for patient investors with long time horizons, which let's be honest, that's typically when we're, you know, how long we're investing for, um, you know, in our retirement accounts and things like that, we're looking over the course of decades, this presents an opportunity to benefit from this downturn in the years ahead. The next chart we've got uh, posted is about the Fed and their tightening of monetary policy. We have Fed funds, futures, implied rates, which is essentially what the market is betting on the Fed futures, uh, the Fed funds rate will be in the future, and how much that implies of the number of rate hikes that they will do over this time frame. So by the end of this year, 2022, the market is essentially anticipating that the Fed funds rate, you know, the, sh the overnight lending rate to banks will be three and a half percent roughly. And that is going to be the peak of their tightening cycle that the market is betting on. By the time we hit the you know latter part of this year and early part of 2022, the market is now anticipating that the Fed, federal funds rate will actually decline in 2023 to 2024. So the market is basically saying that over the next six months, we're going to be increasingly tightening monetary policy and raising interest rates. And then there will be a dovish pivot by the Federal Reserve and the Fed will begin to lower interest rates in 2023 and 2024. Whether that ends up playing out, will you know have to come and we'll have to see we'll have to get there but we have to get there first and that's you know over the next six months and we still have you know from roughly you know two and a half percent on the fed funds rate today to three and a half you know another full percentage point higher on the fed funds rate um and so we'll see what happens when we get to the end of the year but basically what this is indicating is that the fed is strongly committed to returning to its inflation target of 2%. And the committee is highly attentive to inflation risks. So while the Fed cannot directly solve the supply problems that are really driving a lot of these inflation issues across various industries, they can raise interest rates, which will tighten financial conditions and prevent runaway inflation by softening demand uh, across the economy. This is why the Fed has accelerated its pace of rate hikes, with the May increase reaching 75 basis points, or three-quarters of a percent, the largest in 28 years. The market is, is expecting similar rate hikes throughout the remainder of the year, with the Fed funds rate again hitting around 3.5% by the end of the year. Uh, admittedly, the Fed has a very difficult job at hand in containing inflation while at the same time not choking off real economic growth. The narrative of inflation being transitory, aka a short-term blip that would not last, that the Fed perpetuated much of last year has proven out to be false. Now the Fed is playing catch-up, which increases the risk of a policy mistake and tipping the economy into a recession. 
Our view is that the Fed will ultimately decide to live with higher inflation over causing significant damage to economic growth, though they will not do that until they see tangible evidence that inflation has reversed its upward trajectory and is making headway in coming down. Basically, the Fed needs to see the whites of their eyes, so to speak, in terms of inflation reversing course before they will reverse their current monetary policy trajectory. The next chart we have in the show notes will be uh, or is on uh, this inflationary environment and how cash is less valuable in an environment such as this. The chart shows interest income on cash for a $100,000 six-month CD. Uh, and what we have is the nominal interest income, you know, so what you'd actually see on your bank statement if you put it into a, a six-month CD, $100,000 would uh, earn $210 in income on a nominal basis. But what about on an after and adjusted for inflation basis, which would be a real income? Well, that $210 is actually only negative 8850 after adjusting for inflation. Basically, after adjusting for the loss of purchasing power on that money due to inflation. So while it's it's tempting to hide in cash during times of market stress, uh, inflationary environments are perhaps the worst times to do so. This is because inflation, by its very definition, erodes cash value. The consumer price index has increased 9.1% over last year, which means cash buys that much less in goods and services today. Only through investing appropriately can the value of money be preserved, even if it involves short-term bouts of volatility. We prefer diversifying portfolios into assets that historically are inflation-fighting assets. These include alternative investments, hard assets, commodities, inflation-linked bonds, and dividend stocks. The next chart we have in the notes is what I like to call the Skittles chart, and it basically shows how diversification, even when both the stock and bond market have done poorly this year, diversification has still helped. So in this chart, we have major market asset classes, the S&P 500, uh, fixed income, which is the bond market, commodities, emerging market stocks, developed international stocks, and small capitalization stocks, as well as a balanced portfolio, you know, traditionally a 60-40 stock bond portfolio strategy. And it is rank ordered uh, basically with those outperforming the S&P 500 ranked and stacked above the S&P 500 uh, on the chart. And for those underperforming the S&P 500 are stacked below the S&P 500. And this shows the major market asset classes going back to 2006. However, focusing in on 2022, we have the best performing asset class so far this year has been commodities, with roughly an increase of about 15%. Uh, The next highest performer would be fixed income, coming in at negative 9.5%, as well as a balanced portfolio of negative 14.5%. And the stock market, S&P 500, down roughly 20%. Uh, Emerging market stocks, developed international stocks, and small cap stocks have all underperformed the stock market as well. But something to note is that almost all asset classes have performed poorly this year, which adds to the struggles that investors and consumers have faced. 
A traditional portfolio strategy of stocks and bonds has had nowhere to hide, with both markets experiencing significant market volatility. In fact, the decline in bond markets this year has been historic in nature. Still, diversifying has been the best approach to enduring this period and taking advantage of a possible recovery in future of future growth. Even with bond market struggles, a balanced portfolio has still outperformed, has still performed better than the overall market, effectively preserving capital, which is essential, which is an essential attribute to positive investing investing outcomes over one's lifetime. Essentially, it's not necessarily about maximizing your returns, but minimizing your losses during periods of high volatility. So, what is the bottom line? While bear markets are challenging, astute investors understand that every challenge provides opportunity. This is why rooting perspectives with historical context is so crucial to positive investing outcomes. Through this lens, we can see that if inflation begins to ease, optimism may return to the market and economy. If the market continues on this downward trend, valuations will become that much more attractive, increasing the odds of higher expected long-term returns. By deploying capital incrementally and methodically over time, investors can take advantage of the current market and level out future volatility, an effective way of achieving long-term financial goals. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is your host, Matt Fabian. I hope you're all doing well out there, and happy wealth generation. Take care. Investment advisory services are offered through Fabian Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. Nothing discussed during the show should be viewed as investment advice. Everything discussed is generic, non-specific, non-tailored information. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please reach out to us at info at fabianwm.com or call us at 925 322-2450.